Hi everybody, Teresa Priolo here from Pre-Motherhood uh, and my husband Dan, who today, or I should say tonight, is going to help me fill in the gap of what's happened since I last joined all you guys and fill you in on the birth story of our little baby boy, Matthew James. Uh, we're going to tell you how that all went down and um, maybe we might dig in a little bit to what has been going well and what hasn't, but we're hoping to also make that its own episode. Okay, so get ready for this edition of Pre-Motherhood. <laughs> From New York City, USA, welcome to the Fox 5 Podcast Network. Hi, Dan. Hey. No one knows who you are. This is like the first time that they are hearing. I think this is the first time I've actually said your name. It's, um, this is my big reveal. <laughs> well, you do exist. <laughs> yes, I do. So, we had a baby, like, six weeks ago. Technically, you had the baby, but uh, yes, I was definitely there. You totally were. Although, you almost didn't make it there, because you were out getting coffee, but we can talk about that. Um, so, as people who listen to this podcast know, I was completely petrified to give birth. I didn't want to go through the pain of it. I had no idea what to expect. Although they told me, I just was fearful of what was going to happen. And I have to say, as far as the birthing process is concerned, I think we did pretty good. Again, uh, I, I, I didn't <laughs> give birth, so but but the but parts that supportive. I the parts that I was there for, yeah. I did an excellent job. Yeah, and and stellar. And you were, I mean, you were an A plus student. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we did take a birthing class before our baby arrived, and. While that was informative, it also, I think, heightened my fears even more because shit got real. You know, they told you what everything was going to feel like, how you actually get the baby out if you decide that you're going to have a natural or vaginal birth, and on and on and on. And I felt like the face that you are giving me right now is exactly the face that you had during that entire class, which was, holy crap, what are we in for? It, there was a lot of information, which... Uh, was simultaneously overwhelming and also somewhat comforting because there was all this information that I didn't know and that was definitely freaking me out because no one had bothered to convey this information to us before and but but we were we were figuring out what we don't know right and anything in life the worst things are that you don't know what you don't know right and so the so the class definitely uh, accentuated what we didn't know. So let's go back to the morning of February the 16th. So I went to work on that Thursday. So 16th was a Friday. I went to work on that Thursday. I had a dentist appointment. I went to the gym. I did whatever I needed to do. Right. And I started to feel a little bit of a cramp, but it was intermittent at best. So I didn't really bother. So I went to work that night, but then I came home, went to sleep and about 3 a.m., I started to feel the same pain again. I'm thinking, oh no, this might be Braxton Hicks. I'm not really sure. So I think I woke you up at what time? 4.45? Uh, it was before 4. It was right around that time, right around 4 a.m. And what did I say? I don't really remember so much. You, you, you had spent the previous, I would say, at least two weeks uh, waking me up um, in pain while you maybe had to switch from side to side. And you, there was discomfort enough that... You weren't waking me up on purpose, but your discomfort was mm. obvious to me that it woke me up out of sleep. And so, but this one was different. This was the first time that you actually reached, you know, across the bed, which 
it's not a great distance, obviously, but you know, you reached. I should say, I should say, you reached across the five pillows that separated the, <laughs> the two of snuggle. us. Yeah, um, and it was the first time you reached across to Dan. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in pain. I, th I think I'm having contractions, and uh, that was, you know, the first time you used that that word. And so I, my my, you know, alarm was definitely. Yeah, oh yeah, the sensors started going off big time. Okay. So that was, I think, around 4, 4.45. So I decided around 6 a.m. to download a contraction timer. And I happened, because nowadays you can find anything, I happened to find one that also paired with my Apple Watch. So I put my Apple Watch on. Did, did it really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I figured, okay, I'll have my watch on. And every time I get a contraction, hit it was a red button and a green button. That's all you had to do. And it... Time. I wonder if your Fitbit can do this. This is a very this <laughs> people need to figure this out. I think this is an untapped market. Interesting. There actually weren't many options available, but I found this one and it worked really well for me. Yeah, so, you just need the next thing next time to maybe uh, count the calories you burn during well, contractions. Yeah, while this well, happens. Well, I actually wanted to wear my, how many steps you take and how many calories you're burning. I legitimately wanted to wear my Apple Watch during labor to see if I, but there's probably no way to measure that. Yeah, it's like it's a custom workout. We digress. Yes. So I downloaded the contraction timer and I said, all right, I will just, I'll see what the pattern is. So my contraction timer not only obviously measured when I was having contractions, how long they were, but also the distance between contractions. Do you remember the name of the app? Shout out to the app. The app, I think, was called the contraction timer. Okay. Fair I'm enough. not really sure, but I'll find it. Unoriginal, so, but yeah, sure. I know, but simple. Um, especially when you're having contractions, you really want to search for a... Uh, complicated name okay so I when I was timing them I kept thinking to myself when we were in the birthing class we were told by our instructor that it was you you don't you don't really panic until not panic but you don't really go to the hospital leave your apartment do whatever until your contractions are right they don't want you showing up apart, um, lasting roughly a minute for an hour is that right say that again two or three minutes apart Lasting about a minute for an hour. So uh, my my five minutes apart was the the threshold that I I I remember saying to myself, okay, we're gonna go to the hospital. We need to we need to leave. Right, but so, so my point was if if you if we're not leaving to the hospital till I get five minutes apart, at that point they were like three an hour and they were you know they, right. they were regular. So right. fine, it started to pick up at nine a.m. You said to me, should I go to work? I said, yeah, I think you should get something done because I think the, I don't think that these are regular enough to be real. I think this is still Braxton. I might go into work. I'm not really sure. Uh, but then I decided I wasn't going to go into work. I called my boss. I said, I may have a baby or I may see you Monday. I'm not really sure. This is Friday morning. Right. You go and do what you need to do. Yeah. I had my little last minute checklist that mm -hmm. I had to get done. Right. So you came home at like three o'clock. Around three o'clock. And by that point, they were like 10 minutes apart, I think. Yeah. They, they, they were... They were definitely uh, still double digit apart and. But becoming more regular. Becoming more regular. So I called my doctor at about noon. Mm -hmm. I said, Hi, I think I'm having contractions. And he said, Well, you're not due for a couple of days. They're probably Braxton, but just keep an eye on them. And if you want to go to the hospital, you can. I said, All right, well, where are you? He goes, I'm actually in the hospital. Right. I said, Excuse me? I'm thinking he's a doctor, he's in the hospital. He says, No, no, no. I'm. I have a bulging disc. I'm laid up in the hospital. I can't deliver your baby. You have to call my cover. Right. To which I said, oh, shit. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. How could, how could this happen? So I call his cover, and 
the cover goes, man, you're probably just having Braxton, but keep an eye on things and let us know how it goes. So I'm thinking this is, this is going to go on for a while. This could go on for days or weeks. You come home from work at three o'clock. You say, what do you want to do? I said, I don't think this is real, but I'm not sure. Maybe it is. They're becoming a little bit more regular. Right. Let me go get a manicure. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I just remember, you know, the, the instructor in the class saying, you know, um, you know, if your water breaks or, you know, if the contractions start happening, wh whatever the, the signal is that you're going to labor, you know, um, don't don't go into you know, panic mode. Finish up things that you got maybe have to do in your house. Mm -hmm. You know, for tie up loose ends. Yeah, tie up loose ends. You know, uh, dads or or um, or moms, whoever's maybe still working. You know, go go finish what you got to do. Um, you know, uh, the, you know whoever's going into labor. Um, you know, take a shower, maybe get something to eat, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you it is. You won't be able to eat when right. you get Right, yeah, so I'm thinking, myself, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are the things that I have to do? You need to go do your things. Go, go get your nails done. You know, let's, we'll, we'll come, you'll come back. We'll, we'll have dinner, whatever. It's, I'm thinking, man, this might be the beginning of just like the longest, you know, 72 hours of, of, of our lives. You know, right, because we were thinking this is going to take a really long time. Yeah. A really long time. Yeah. So I go to get a manicure, which I think it's probably weird for a lot of people, but I just didn't know what else to do, and I had been in the apartment all day long, and I thought, I have to do something. But when you tell everyone that, they just, that's a very Teresa thing to do. <laughs> that's a very Teresa thing to do. Okay. Yeah. So I did it. Yeah. Come back. It's about 6 o'clock. We ate pizza. We it had should carbs. be noted that while you're getting your manicure, you're not just sitting there getting a manicure. You're you're in labor. I mean, you're you're... You're, you're having a conversation with somebody and pausing mid-sentence yeah. to, to essentially have a contraction. I think the word that describes all this at this point is denial, but perhaps. Right. I mean, I think people there thought, who was this crazy lady? Like, I don't think you... they... Well, nobody knew I was in labor at the nail salon. No. But anyway, so we... <laughs> I didn't tell them even when I went back after. So th we get home around 6 o'clock. We had pizza. Yep. And then they started to really pick up and they started to get much more intense but for me i was expecting this intense searing pain that was going to knock me on my feet and i was so surprised that it really wasn't that it was as people say a menstrual cramp or a stomach ache for a, if there's a guy that's listening for us like a, like a stomach cramp if that makes sense yeah but it rides like a wave and i just kept thinking I can feel it coming on, I can feel it peak, and I can feel it subside. Right. So maybe I can just ride the wave. So I just kept telling myself, blow the wave away, blow the pain away. So I kept exhaling and then just remembering that it will peak and it will subside. Right, yeah, I, I, I recall, um, you know, we learned that part of the whole testing of whether or not you're really in labor when you call your doctor or if you show up at the hospital and you say you're in this excruciating pain and they're talking to you and, you know, minutes, are going by and you're still talking at your regular breath, then they know you're not really having a contraction, right? right they ask you how the weather and is. And so, right, they just keep you talking. And, and I remember the instructor saying, when you get to the point where you're walking and you need to stop mid-step or you need to stop mid-sentence and just, you know, really breathe it out because you, you're in that much pain that you, you, you need to just stop whatever you're doing. And I noticed you, you know, walking around the apartment and, that, and that's what would happen. You'd be in the middle of a conversation and, and you could tell that it was definitely localized right this wasn't something where you just fell to the ground in in in, in sheer pain mm -hmm. you know it was, it was definitely a localized pain and and you felt that you just needed to pause and breathe through it and so 
that's when it became very obvious that that this was you know this was actual labor mm-hmm. and it was happening more more frequently mm-hmm. you know remember you, you uh, were getting changed and you I took a shower taking a, a shower say. and the and for anybody who told me that taking a shower while you're in labor or having contractions helps it 100% helps and I think it even mitigated the pain some oh, okay. maybe maybe it was psychological but I felt like the contractions were less intense when I was in the shower. Sure. But then I got changed, and then right. you said we should probably go to the hospital. Yeah. It was all, eight, all, it was while this is all happening, o'clock. you know, you're just kind of shouting from one side of the apartment, "It's another one!" and <laughs> and so then that, by this point, I've, I'm I'm manning the app and I'm hitting the start and stop buttons and I'm paying attention. And what was weird was that there was these little ones in between where you you kind of thought you were having one, but then it went away too quickly. And I kind of, you know, I disregarded those, and I started looking at the the longer ones. And sure enough, next thing I know, you know, while we had been progressing ten minutes, you know, maybe eight minutes, you know, seven, six minutes, like there there was no six minute really for any series of time, uh, for for extended period of time. It, it went from like seven to five and change. Yeah. And it kind of dipped under five a couple of times. Four fifty five. I remember. And, and I just remember thinking to myself, uh oh, I need to check ways. I need to see. What, I need to see what the traffic is like because we had to go to the Upper East Side. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, you know, if five minutes is is our benchmark here, we we may have just gotten there very very quickly. So that was, you know, it, that was that was unexpected. I was just concerned because I felt like if we jumped from ten to eight to five in the span of, it might have. It was under an hour. Yes, it was. It was, it was pretty quick. I would say that it was after the shower. It, it jumped pretty quickly. Then it was twenty minutes to the upper east side. So I'm like, well, what are we? Get, how are we going to get from five down? How is this going to progress going forward? Yeah. So we called an Uber. Yes. And that was perhaps one of the most memorable Uber rides I've ever had in my entire life. Well, yeah. It, it, Not because we were going to the hospital to to have our child, right? But because of the man behind the wheel, right? So we hop into the Uber, and the second that we get in, for some reason, I. Well, not for some reason. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I was in labor. So we get into the Uber, and immediately I have a contraction. Right. And a bad one. Yes. And so I just remember my eyes were closed, but I was pressing my foot on the back of the passenger seat. And uh-huh. I just remember the guy turning around and going, what's happening? Yeah. What is going on with this woman? That guy was incredibly concerned that he was going to have to be cleaning <laughs> the back seat of his car. And I think I said, sir, please drive so I don't have to... Give you a cleaning fee. <laughs> I keep going, just drive the car, please. He goes, what's wrong with you? I go, yeah. I'm in labor. Just keep, just drive. Just please drive. He goes, okay, okay, okay. So it's a 20-minute ride from where we live to the Upper East Side. And I, I, I wonder in that scenario, like, if he said, oh, hell no, get the hell out of my car. I would have hopped into a yellow cab. No, I know I know we would have done that, but I wonder, you know, that's that, that's probably a little frightening for him to see a you know pregnant woman in labor get in the backseat of your car well perhaps it would be except this guy has apparently done this before apparently so he told us well i don't really remember the story we can give the abbreviated version but some i was dipping in and out of consciousness i feel like throughout this entire story yeah well i mean you know first i'm worried that we have a an uber driver who's just uh gonna throw us out the second that you know you 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 show any signs of this baby coming out and uh, meanwhile he goes into this uh, story uh, that I don't know, like however many years 15 ago, years fifteen ago? something plus years ago, he uh, delivered a baby in the back seat of a car on the Cross Bronx Expressway, and he used his. He was a real estate agent at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. He and he, he had lined, flyers. He lined in his the back seat. seat with all the all the flyers of the 
whatever he was selling or, or, or renting out at the time. So, and that's um, how he protected his precious car. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I, I, from what I from what I gather or, or what I now know, it, that could be a messy ordeal. <laughs> and if uh, depending how old his car is, you know, especially if he had crushed velvet seats or something like that, you never, you, you know. You're never gonna so. get. You're never gonna get that thing out. He also decided that he would launch into name suggestions because we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl, and we didn't have a name. Right. And I thought that was very funny too. He kept rattling off names to us that yeah. uh, that he thought were appropriate names and ones he didn't like. Yeah. No. Um. I. I think. You, you know. Everybody has had an instance where they get an Uber driver and they just they have zero. Uh, get into an Uber, and and they have zero desire to talk to the driver. Zero. And, you know, because in New York City drivers, they, they really don't engage that often. But the Uber drivers, there's like no partition. Sometimes these guys feel like they have to talk so they can get a better rating, maybe a tip. I don't know. And or maybe uh, they're just nice people. Or, or, or nice people. But again, it's New York City. No one has time for that. So, you know, this guy suddenly turns into, uh, you know, the Baby Wizard book and proceeds to just for 20 minutes tell us every name he likes and doesn't like. Uh, to anyone that's Christopher out there, I apologize. It's an, it, apparently it's a too long of a name for you to write. Um, <laughs> he said that. And if, you, and if your name is Sean, he said there were too many Seans yeah, on Long Island. Yeah, if you're Sean and, and you're living on Long Island, I, I, I don't... <laughs> maybe he was also including women, women Seans. But wait, I, I don't know. Eric is too short. Eric is too short of a name. <laughs> that's right, too. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. No one names our baby Aiden, so nope. we should name our baby Aiden. Right, which... Clearly, this guy probably hasn't picked up a book. <laughs> so he he was of very names funny in a long time. Yeah, it, but it, but it was it, it actually, if nothing else, it kind of distract. At least it distracted me from what was happening. Why? Like I said, you had your own distractions. Yes. So we get to the hospital, and I'm thinking they're going to send us home. He also says that we have his information, so to reach out and let him let him know what, what we went with. Oh, I've, I have not. I haven't called. Him I haven't or either. Texted him. It hasn't been on my to do list. Yeah, I'll do that right after I wash the bottles in the sink. So. He, when we get to the hospital, I'm thinking they're going to send us home. They have to send us home. I'm probably not dilated that much. I'm thinking I'm at if I'm at one centimeter, it's a miracle. Hold on a second. For the record, she's saying she thinks we're going to get turned away. But if you saw a picture of us walking into the hospital, you would have thought we were checking in for uh, you know a, a seven day holistic retreat. <laughs> so there's about three overnight bags, a couple pillows. Yes. Um, yes. Uh -huh. you know. Yeah, I had a lot of stuff. I, I was carrying a lot of stuff. I was prepared. You were. I am nothing if not prepared. And I think that that's something maybe you'll address with people later about the whole packing overnight bag, what you need, what you don't need, all that stuff. But uh, uh, you know be, what? Got any, any men who are listening um, or, or women uh, that are going to tell their, their husbands or partners, whatever, just make sure that you have enough space and you get a car with with Stop with trunk it. space that's the other thing too make sure there's trunk space at the end of the day i didn't really need anything in my overnight bag honestly because the hospital gave me pretty much everything i needed a toothbrush things like that i i brought but whatever you never know so we get there and i'm thinking they're going to send us away and then I got a contraction at the nurse's stand right. as we went to labor and deliver well actually when we got to the labor and delivery floor at the hospital the look on the woman's face should have been a clear sign that we weren't going home. She, the way she escorted us back into labor and delivery, it's like she had seen this before and she knew that this was the real deal, perhaps. So we get to the nurse's station and that's where we're supposed to check in and I have a really bad contraction. Yeah. And I don't know if it's then that they decided we should probably keep this this girl. Mm-hmm. Or if it's when we got into the actual room. 
I, I don't know. I, I guess they, they took you off into the room. They don't let me go in because apparently they, they asked you questions like if I was kidnapping you and no, they asked me forcing you I, to have this child and <laughs> if I was allowed in the room with you. and They asked me if I had a baby. If I delivered tonight, would I be comfortable with you being there? Would I be comfortable with you going home with the baby? Like, would I, would I, am I okay with you being with the baby? And obviously there are medical and other reasons why they ask these questions. Right. But I just kept looking at them going, yeah, 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 no, he's my husband. Just, can we, like, can we get the show on well, the road? Well, with all the bags I was carrying, maybe they thought I was the taxi driver <laughs> or the porter or something. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so we get inside, they check me, and they tell me, you're not leaving here without a baby, and it will be your baby, as a matter of fact, because right. you are five centimeters dilated. Yeah. And my mouth dropped, because I honestly did not think that that was the case. I thought we were going to it was going to be a very long time and a lot of pain before I got to five centimeters. And I was so amazed that, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I was amazed at how I was able to handle the pain of the contractions mm -hmm. because I was expecting them to be so bad. And while they weren't great, I wouldn't want to do that every day. It is a manageable process, at least for me. It right. was. Uh, for me. Maybe technically you, you got about half of the way there just by hanging out at home. Yeah, I did. And that was that was a huge tip that everybody gave me. Audrey Puente said but it to me. But don't lull anybody into a false sense of security because that's when everything started picking up. And it Yes, we were timing it. We were, we had our, we were watching everything very closely. But, but my biggest fear was the pain of it. And that ended up being the least complicated part of anything from that point forward, frankly. Right. So then we get there, five centimeters. They said, you can get your epidural at any time. As anybody who's listening to the podcast knows, I wanted that epidural. I got the epidural. And it was glorious. It was really, it was an oasis. Yeah, I, I, I don't want you to gloss over the fact that prior to you getting the epidural, there was about two plus hours of you still laboring without any pain medication. Um, and you were visibly in pain. Oh, I was. And one thing that really helped was you massaging my back. I kept one of the doulas that I um, spoke to, Grace, who I interviewed for the podcast. Uh, she told me when you start to have contractions, have your partner put counter pressure. So either on your hips or on your lower back, and it will help with some of the contractions. Right. Potentially. And it did. It really did. So you were massaging my hips and massaging my back. And I felt like, I, again, I don't know if it was mind over matter where I was focusing on you massaging me instead of the pain of the contraction or if it actually mitigated the pain. But it felt like it helped. That's all that really matters, I guess. Right. But, uh, you know, and anybody that's, uh, you know, for anybody that's going to be in, in, in the room during labor for, for their partner, you be prepared to see them in pain. Um, you know, you were you were shaking, which I know from I was? from some of our friends who who also uh, told me about what happened with with their wives. Um, that they that they were shaking you know, like like a leaf. You were shaking like really, a leaf. I don't I don't remember shaking. You were you you were shaking for a solid hour. I, I mean, and I, I don't know if that's that. from the pain, from the stress. If it was almost like a form of shock, I, I don't know. But you know, you were shaking, and you know, but it was. Very, uh, you know, you, you you see somebody go through that, and you and you realize what what you're what you're putting your body through, and and it was you know very uh, 
you know, it, it, you're, I'm sitting there kind of helpless because what, what can I do other than rub your shoulders, rub your back, and well, clearly you know, helped. Um, you know, yeah, but it just, you know, it, it just, I, I, I think people should be prepared for to see, you know, their partner in, in, in a lot of pain. Right. The the one thing that I found funny about the whole situation was you actually um, monitoring the contractions. That on, was very cool on the ticker tape. Very cool or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, how can how can you not look at the gadgets? I mean, they're hooking you up. So there's a baby heart rate monitor. There's a, the contraction monitor, you know. And I figured out when I when I want to go out, if I had to use the bathroom or get 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 some water or, or just leave the room, whatever it was, I, I knew exactly which monitor yours was in the hallways, so I could watch it. And I started to see that, you know, that that needle start to spike up a little bit, and I knew I had to run back to the room because. <laughs> You were about to start having a contraction, um, but yeah, I, I might have gotten lost in the in the uh, in the science a little bit. I was afraid you were going to start touching buttons on the computer. Uh, I did. I remember the screen was going dark. Yes, and, and so you kept I, shaking the I mouse. Shake the mouse. Yeah, yeah. But at one point, I remember you saying to me, "Oh, this is going to be a big one," oh. and I kept thinking. You moron, I'm in the middle of it. Like, of course it's going to be a big one. I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. And you're like, this is so cool. Look at the, look at the, uh, the ink spike off the page. Look at the needle spike off the page. Right. And I was like, yes, I know. I know. I, yeah, it, inside of me right now, this is all going on. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I remember one of the worst ones you had was actually when I left the room, you know, when you get the epidural, the, the, well, at least they asked me to leave the room. I don't know why why that is, but usually the partner... Maybe they didn't think you could handle it. Maybe not. I, I, I might have fainted. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, you know, as I'm leaving, I'm standing outside, I, and I look at the monitor, and I see what was, at that time, the worst contraction that you had, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, I just left the room. I can't be there for her. She's, you know, you're not the best with pain. Although, I mean, you, you handle it well, but like, you you know, while you're in it, you, you have your, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that, you know, the nurse, hopefully that nurse and the anesthesiologist are, are can handle you, <laughs> uh, I guess is what I, you know. And I think to myself, oh my God, what if she has a contraction during, when you put the needle in? Is that something that you were worried about? Did you yeah, and I kept that? saying, I'm going to have a contraction. I'm having a contraction. Um, it, I am having a contraction. And he kept going. I know. I can see the monitor. I know. Okay. They, but they were. He was so fantastic that he literally was doing everything in the space between contraction to contraction. At that point, they were roughly like three minutes apart, maybe two to three minutes apart. Right. So I get my epidural, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't want drugs, but I wanted them. I was happy I got it. It made me feel better. Right. It immediately alleviated any stress. And it was exactly what I hoped it would be. And it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt going in. It, it nothing. It it was it was painless. Again, the way it was given to me, my anesthesiologist, I can't say that for everybody, but I was amazed by that. The other thing I was also amazed by before getting the uh, epidural was that when you're having a contraction, which I don't know if people understand this, it's painful in the moment, but there's no pain before and there is no pain after. Right. You literally just feel the pain, that searing pain for that one minute, and then it's as if it never happened. Mm -hmm. Your body doesn't, uh, my body did not have any residual lingering pain. So that was fantastic. So they gave us the epidural, or me, you didn't get the epidural. They gave me the epidural at 11, 
And then they said, have a good night's sleep. Yeah, it said, get some sleep, which I was all about. Yeah, but we couldn't because my monitors kept slipping off my belly and they kept running going, we're losing the baby. And I kept saying, can you please not say that? Because first of all, what, when, what you mean by that and what I mean, when I, what you mean by that and what I hear when you say that are very different. Oh, yeah. So please don't say that. And they said, what we mean was we're, we can't find the baby's heart rate because it keeps slipping. Right. Like, we'll find different language, if you don't mind, because yep. that's not cool. At about, They checked me, I think, at 3 a.m. I was about seven centimeters. They checked me at about 7 a.m. We'll, pa- we'll, we'll speed this up. We'll checked me about 7 a.m., and I was about nine centimeters. Yeah, they had to break your water. They broke my water. That was uneventful. And at nine centimeters... They said, all right, well, we're going to come back in a little bit, and uh, and we'll try this pushing thing. Yeah. Now, I thought from the childbirthing class that we took that this could be a two-hour, a three-hour affair. Everybody said, "You're, it's going to take you so long to get this baby out. So don't tire yourself out in the first little bit or the first half. Is essentially you're running a marathon. Right. So you leave the room at like 7.30, I think it was, a.m., yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. You get coffee? Where did where'd you go? Yeah, I, uh, you know, wanted to give give my uh, legs a little stretch. Get, yeah, get very a cup, important. Get a cup of joe. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that, you know, we, we're, we're in it for the long haul. Good. You weren't going to bail on me. So, no. And, and you know, look, this was now the second night in a row of sleepless, uh, sleeplessness. So, um, not, again, not saying that I was in a worse position than you, but, you know, I just... I needed a caffeinate, okay? I think I think everyone here can 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 appreciate the, the need for a cup of coffee in the morning. Ba- so, baby coming or no baby coming. So you leave and you come back, and the doctor, who by the way is my is the cover for my doctor, mm-hmm. it's the first time I'm meeting her. Right. She comes in and says, "Hi, I'm Doctor So and So. I'm going to be delivering your baby. Why don't we try to get the baby out?" Yeah, it was weird. So I walk in, I have a cup of coffee in my hand, and she said something about. The baby not wanting to be in there anymore, and I think that's just because maybe they had been, mon- you know, they're monitoring the baby's heart rate after after the contractions, and not that anything was necessarily wrong, but I guess you were dilated far enough, and the baby was showing signs of it's time to get the hell out of here, and and so I'm thinking, wow, oh, okay, this is this is actually going to happen, you know, um, and I just remember her say, we're going to try to push. We're gonna try to push. So, okay, here we go. Like she's just gonna, she's just saying this to kind of maybe see. I, I don't know what that practice. Maybe see how. I, I don't. I don't know. I guess. But anyway, I'm. I'm thinking this is not really gonna happen. So I, I you know. I, you just continue to drink your I kept, coffee. I kept sipping the coffee. Yeah. And then you texted my parents. I did. Yeah. I. I said, hey, we're gonna. Tr- we're gonna. I actually texted. We're gonna start trying. We're gonna try to push. It's gonna be a couple hours. Just if I don't, you don't hear from me, it, she's gonna start trying to push soon. Right. And uh, you know, four minutes later, I texted him that it, you know, it was a boy. It was a boy. Yeah, it happened really fast. Yeah, four minutes is it's pretty damn quick. So what happened was the doctor said you're gonna breathe like you're you're gonna hold your breath like you're taking the whole world in. Just when you when you inhale pretend like you're taking the whole world in hold your breath we'll count you down and then push out the breath and bear down right well well well, i think people should know you know depending on what hospital you're in 
chances are you're giving birth in the room that you were in overnight. Oh, yeah. They didn't and, move us to and, another room. And, and, and I guess we actually had known that because we, we, we took a tour of the hospital, but, you know... It's a little you, weird. You still, can't, you still can't help but have these preconceived notions and this and these images in your head of every single movie and TV show where they deliver a baby. I mean, geez, we were just watching Friends last week, right? And the episode, we saw the episode where Phoebe. Phoebe gave birth and then where Ross's uh, ex-wife gave birth and there's like eight people in a room. And it's and huge. It's, it's a huge room and there's all this commotion and doctors are coming in, doctors are coming out. It, it was nothing like that. It was it was nothing like that at all. We're in, we're in our own little hospital room and the doctor comes in and says, hey, we're going to try to... Pu-. That's what's saying. It was just very surreal. Hey, the, you know, it's time to try pushing. Okay, we're going to try to push. Oh, here, Dad, I'm going to show you how you're going to hold the leg. Okay. And, and I'm thinking that this is a, an instructional. You know, like we're just in a, like a dry run. <laughs> right. Next Practice thing, Next run. thing I know, you're, 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 your foot's in my hand. And, and my other hand's behind your neck. And, and, and you're br- taking the world in and you're bearing down. <laughs> yeah. And so we did three rounds of three pushes. And the baby came out. And the baby shot out. I mean, he was like a cannon. I mean, you know, it, it didn't, you know. I mean, I didn't feel it. The doctor had to catch it. I didn't feel it, by the way. The epidural was so good that I actually did not feel. I, I thought they were sandbagging me. I thought they kept telling me, you're doing a really good job. You're doing a really good job. I thought that th- this was going to go on for three hours. Right. And it didn't. Yeah. Uh, do I hit pause? While you go check While we go put the binky back in the baby's mouth? Yeah. Hold on. Yep. So, it, it's it. I don't remember feeling anything. I didn't feel anything. They told me you might feel the ring of fire. You may feel the pressure. I didn't. The epidural that they gave me was so good, right? That he essentially rendered me painless. Yeah, you you, you did have to get quote unquote topped off at some point in the middle of the night, um, and I remember. Uh, because of the way the heart monitors were picking up the baby and baby's heart rate and all that stuff, you, you had to shift onto your left side. And so the epidural settled on your left side. And so you actually felt some pain on your right side. And um, so I wouldn't call it a complication, but there were, you know, those are things, you know, whoever's listening maybe to keep in mind um, that, you know, the epidural is actually something that kind of gets placed along your, your spine, right? Yeah. So. You know, it, it's like any other fluid. It it's gonna go to its lowest point, and, uh, and I was sleeping on one side or yeah, trying to. Right, right exactly. So, uh, but yeah, but other than that, I mean, once you got the epidural, it was you know, yeah, everything that you were worried about did not happen. Yes, that's very true. So the baby comes out, three rounds, three pushes. I don't. I, you say it's five minutes, four or five minutes. It was it was four minutes of pushing. You know, obviously, we had to, we had to wait for your first your, your first contraction after we quote unquote were trying, mm-hmm. and you know, so you're working with the contraction, you're breathing, and the doctor, you know, what was really shocking was again, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, we're not, are we trying? Because this seems like we're trying pretty hard here, you know. Well, and the doctor was sitting, by the way, at the edge of the bed. Yeah, and that was really weird. I don't think the doctor was as far as it looked like it was to you, but but the point is that you know. You're, you're, you're pushing, and the doctor's really cheering you on. Go, 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 go. And the nurse is saying, go, 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 go. Okay, and everyone's cheering you on. And then, that, and then I realized somewhere around the middle of the second round of pushing, the nurse's expression changed as if 
you know, maybe I, I don't know, maybe start crowning. I, I don't know what it was, but you know, you you were like this was close, and then I realized, okay, wow, you have a chance to kind of get this done quickly, <laughs> and not find yourself as one of those people. And 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 you you know, we personally know some people who who started pushing and. And next thing you know, you know, almost an entire day goes by and, and they end up having a C-section anyway, right? Right, three hours later. You know, right. so, you know, um, it's... At one point, I remember her saying that, the, ba- that ba- the baby's head was out, but that the cord was wrapped around its neck. Yeah, she told you to stop pushing at one point. The cord was around its neck, so she was going to clamp it right there. Uh, funny enough, um, because of the birthing class, uh, I was not... That didn't, that, didn't, that didn't scare me at all. You know the you know if you think about it, the baby's still attached to the umbilical cord. The baby's not breathing on its own anyway. Mm-hmm. So the cord being wrapped around its neck is not that big of a deal right now, right? It's out, right? Right. So it's out. You want to make sure that the cord's not kinked in any way, and and ours wasn't. Right, and at that point the baby's out anyway. So, right. right. So they're gonna cut, clamp it, cut it, do whatever they have to do to it anyway. So, um, but that's right. Yeah, she even told you to stop pushing. So it's four minutes, and 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 the baby was out. So the baby came out, and again I. Did not realize that any of this was happening because as I was bearing down, I had my eyes closed. So I wasn't watching anything that was happening. Neither and, was I. And I remember them putting oxygen on me. Yes. At some point. Yeah, because you're holding your breath. And I guess you know, you're know you going to get lightheaded in between. Yeah. So. so the baby comes out. Right. And she picks up the baby. Yeah, you're missing the part where the baby pees on my hand and, and right in the doctor's face. Well, that's what I was getting at. So the baby comes right out. Yeah. And she picked it up. And then how did that happen? What happened? I don't know. Look, um, there's a reason why I didn't listen to certain episodes of your podcast. (laughs) And there's a reason why I uh, kept my eyes firmly locked on your face. Um, (laughs) You didn't want to see anything? I did not. You didn't want to see the birth? I did not want to see the birth. Why not? Because because, uh, Mr. Cullen in uh, 10th grade health made us watch that video. And uh, ever since then, I, I promised that, you know, I promised 15-year-old me that, you know, I would never, you know, you would never, <laughs> never see that again. So I didn't watch that whole and, video. And I think it's very important you keep the promises you make to yourself. <laughs> especially your 15-year-old if, self. Especially your 15-year-old self. So all in all, as far as the delivery went, yeah. the, the labor yeah. and the delivery, right? we had it fairly easy. Sure. Complications after the fact. Exhausted. No sleep. Right. But complications for me medically after the fact, no. which is a whole other issue. Yep. Um, that perhaps could could or could not have been avoided by the kind of birth that we had. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other issue. But as far as actually just getting to the hospital and getting the baby out, was this what you expected? It was. It was incredibly smooth. And relatively, I mean, you know, it, it, there was there was no real big uh, setback. There was no scare. There was nothing. So, and it, and it happened really quickly. So, no, nah, you know, it, it, it wasn't what I expected because I was expecting the worst, <laughs> to be honest with you. I just remember when the doctor said to you before we started trying to get the baby out, Dad, I'll let you tell her what the baby is. Right. Yes. And I just remember her holding this grayish looking, well, I just saw like, no, I didn't, I didn't see her hold him up. I just remember her turning to you or saying, dad, what is it? 
Yeah, I, 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 I saw what it was, right? I saw that it was a boy, but did I did you see it in her hands? But I didn't see. Yeah, like, was yeah, she sit, yeah. was she was it was the baby still on the bed or did she hold it up? No, to no, 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 no. She, like when the baby came out completely, you know, you're looking at it, and I don't know, maybe other, um, maybe other partners can can, uh, you know, their dads uh, specifically maybe men, you know, your your eyes dart to right where you got to dart, you know, where they got to go, right, to see if it's a boy or a girl. Um, so I so I saw it, but. You know, I was just, I, I just was, I don't know, I was excited and I wanted to see what your face looked like to see, like, if you could see what it was. And then I, I totally forgot that to say what it was. So the doctor had to remind me to say it, say it out loud. Um, but it was I just funny. remember looking at you. Yeah. And you saying to me. I said it's a boy. And then you, I think your response was, where is he? And he was on your chest. Like, you, you, you know, it happened so quickly. You know, he's on your chest, just that like that. I remember. I remember you saying, it's a boy. And I go, what is? You said, the baby. Yeah, well, what is? And I go, where is he? And I remember you saying, he's on your chest. Look down. And thankfully for us, which I'm very happy for, I think one of the nurses got a picture of you, of of somebody. Well, I took, my cam- I took out my phone right away and then the nurse took the phone from me and... and like took- almost immediately. Oh yeah, right away. Right away. So then we have pictures of the baby being placed on my chest and... Yeah, I mean we're talking you know, less than a minute after the baby's born. Yeah, so the timestamp on it is 8.01 and he was... Like, yeah, that, that's how I know. I, I, I'm telling you, it's... I mean, well, we know 8.01 because they know it's 8.01, but... Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of. It was really kind of incredible the way the whole thing went down. It was a whirlwind. It was not something to be scared of. Is my is my big lesson for anybody listening? There are a hell of a lot of things that I have experienced after the fact that I think are far worse than labor and delivery. This, for me, was actually. I don't want to say pleasant because that's not the right word, but it just wasn't something to be scared of. You know, I I think. You know, we were, you were you were fortunate enough to have a you know great pregnancy, and that carried right through uh, the labor and right into delivery. And you know, I, I just consider us to be lucky. I don't know if there's anything oh, that you fortunate. anything that you particularly did, whether you know through your 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 diet or exercise or just you know um, maybe it's just luck and, and genetics. I don't know, but you know, thankfully, nothing really complicated happened and. And it was one of those things where you kind of go in expecting the worst, and 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 I would say, you know, obviously the baby is the best, but uh, the fact that it happened relatively, uh, you know, event free was 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 also rewarding. All right. So next time we'll talk about what it's like to actually bring a newborn home. Okay. That you're gonna need a lot of coffee for that one. Well, I can tell you right now, it's it's harder. Imagine all the stuff you walk in the hospital with. Now add more crap to that, and a baby in a car seat. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, it's it's just. Oh, I was going to talk about the crying, and the fussiness, and the breastfeeding, and all that fun stuff. That's for you. That's when you go to your happy place. That's when you go to your happy place. All right, everybody. Till next time. Pre-motherhood with Teresa Priolo is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. This episode was recorded, edited, mixed, made awesome by Matt Onimus. The executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Imad Ashgar. Byron Harmon is VP of News, and our Vice President and General Manager of Fox 5 is Lou Leone. 
Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you just want to say hi, reach out to me on Twitter at Fox5Teresa or on Facebook, Teresa Priolo NY. And stay tuned for our next episode. Ha, 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 ha.